Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Search, Ponder, and Pray. Hope you've all had a wonderful weekend, had a great time um, worshiping the Lord on the Sabbath and partaking of the sacrament. Hope you had the chance to be able to do that. If you didn't, um, I pray that you'll be able to make the most of the week and that you will be able to find the presence of the Lord in our lives as we study the scriptures. Um, I've uh, I'm looking forward to this week as we're going into Hebrews. The, the book of Hebrews has a lot of really good, heavy-hitting chapters. And well, they all do. <laughs> they really all do have some pretty good stuff in there. But the Hebrews is one I'm a little more familiar with, um, one that I've kind of I've looked at before, and I remember things from it. Um, and today in Hebrews chapter 1, we're going to be touching a lot on the personage of God and of Jesus Christ, which, I mean, of course, the Bible being a testament of Jesus Christ should talk quite a bit about him, don't you think? Anyways, before I get too far down the road and too far gone, let's go ahead and start off with a word of prayer, and then we will jump right in. All right. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank thee so very much for this day. We thank thee for the guidance that thou hast given unto us, and we ask thee to please bless us that we might be able to be wise and kind and patient stewards of the things that thou hast given us. We ask thee, Father, to please grant us a portion of thy spirit that we might be able to um, feel of thy love and that we might be able to understand the scriptures as they come to us. Help us to find the answers to the problems that we have in our lives at the moment. Help us to draw near to thee. Father, please forgive us of our sins and help us to become better and more devout disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to change our lives for the better. We pray for these things ever so humbly, Father, in the name of thy Son, even Jesus Christ. Amen. Alrighty, so like I said, we are going to be in Hebrews chapter 1 today. Um, so if you're following along, go ahead and jump there. And then if you're new to the show, I typically like to read a lot, read quite, yeah, quite a bit out of the uh, the Institute manuals provided by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can find those either at a church distribution center or you can find them more readily on the Gospel Library app under Institute or under, under Books and Lessons and then under Institute and then uh, you sc- scroll through all the, the the many many manuals, and you find the New Testament student manual, and you'll find kind of where I'm pulling a lot of my stuff that I'm reading from. All right. So, anyways, chapter one. Let's get into this. Chapter one, verse one. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightest of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. All right. Just absolutely cram-packed full of doctrine right there. Just, it's full. And the Testament, the New Testament manual reflects that in how much there is to read. So, uh, the preeminence of Jesus Christ. The, apo- the, epistle, the epistle's Jewish Christian audience was struggling with whether to ter- return to their former Jewish ways. Therefore, it was important for them to hear a testimony that Jesus Christ is better than the angels because he is the Son of God, the heir of all things, the creator of the worlds. Uh, Jesus Christ is the express image of his Father. The term express image comes from the Greek word character, 
I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm trying, which re refers to a representation or reproduction of something else, which is, which as the impression, sorry, sorry, let's, let's try this over again. Okay. Which refers to the representation or reproduction of something else, such as the impression a signet ring leaves in soft wax. This phrase in Hebrews 1.3 indicates that Jesus Christ is a representation of Heavenly Father and shares his divine character. In like manner, the Doctrine and Covenants indicates that Seth was the express likeness of his father Adam. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles explained that Jesus that Jesus, being the express image of his Father, is a witness to both the ancient and modern world of what God the Father is like. He says, quote, Of course the centuries-long drift away from belief in such a perfect and caring Father hasn't been helped any by the man-made man creeds of erring generations that, which described God variously as unknown and unknowable formless, passionless, elusive, ethereal, simultaneously everywhere and nowhere at all. Certainly that does not describe the being we behold through the eyes of these prophets, nor does it match the living, breathing, embodied Jesus of Nazareth, who was and is the brightest of his glory and the express image of his Father. In that sense, Jesus did not come to improve God's view of man nearly so much as he came to improve man's view of God. That comes from his October 2003 General Conference talk titled, The Grandeur of God. So, yeah, there's a lot there. Like I said, there's a lot, a lot there about about the being of, of God and who he is. There is a little bit about as well uh, on um, who made the worlds, but it pulls to um, a, a, previous, a previous section. But that is one thing to keep in mind is that we have another reference here that Jesus Christ was the one who created the worlds, who made the worlds, the various creations of the the not only our earth, but the, the worlds that fly around us in the universe. Continuing on to verse 5. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be unto be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten unto the world, he hath he saith, and let, and let all the angels of God worship him. And okay, so there's, a, there's a Joseph Smith translation here because that yeah, let's 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 read that. Um, and again, so we're starting over at verse six, starting over. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith. And let all the angels of God worship him who maketh his ministers as a flame of fire. And the angels, he saith, angels are ministering spirits. And of the angels, he say, he saith, angels are ministering spirits. Seven. And of the angels, he hath said, who make, oh, uh, so verse eight now, sorry. Verse eight. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness, is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest, and they shall they all shall wax old as doth a garment, and as a vesture, as a vesture shall thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. Thou, but thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. 
But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand, until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits, sent forth to minister for them who shall be their heirs of salvation? All right. So there's quite a bit here. Let's, uh, like I keep saying, <laughs> let's jump into the New Testament manual and read a little bit about what it says, and then we'll kind of discuss a little bit about what we're reading here. All right. So, uh, quotations from the Old Testament. Several verses in Hebrews teach the importance of Jesus Christ in God's plan by drawing upon the following, upon the following Old Testament references. There's Psalms 2 7, Psalms 8 4 through 6, Psalms 45 6 through 7. Uh, Psalms 102, 25 through 27, Psalms 104, 4, and Psalms 110, 1. Using Old Testament quotations in his, in this epistle to the Jewish Christians would have added authority to its reasoning and doctrinal teachings. So that's, that's what, you know, as, as they said at the beginning, the whole point of Hebrews here was we've got people who are kind of debating on whether or not they should return back to their old Jewish traditions and they should go back to living the law of Moses. Um, so that they're, they're kind of debating this, this switch back. And Paul is laying out, okay, Jesus Christ, you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. This is who Jesus is. And he's laying out who Christ is based on his own testimony and the testimony of the scriptures. So he's combining these two things together. He's pulling in Psalms, scriptures that for many Jews are very important and very useful. And so he's pulling on those and showing who Christ is. And that Christ is, he's not simply another, another individual in the crowd. He's, he's God's only begotten son. He is the, the heir to the throne. And therefore, when he comes down and brings doctrine, that doctrine supersedes any doctrine that may have been received through angels or through heavenly, heavenly visitations, or whatever it may be. The new doctrine, the new covenant that Christ brings to us is now that gospel which he would have us follow. It is now the highest and holiest law which should be followed. All right, jumping on to all the angels of God worship him. The angels of God who worship Jesus Christ are spirit children of our heavenly father. The Joseph Smith translation in Hebrews 1.7 indicates that angels are ministering spirits. Uh, Hebrews 1.14 teaches that in our Father's plan, one of the purposes of these angels or ministering spirits is to minister to his children on the earth. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland stated, quote, I believe we need to sp I, we need to speak of and believe in and bear testimony to the ministry of angels more than we sometimes do. They constitute one of God's great methods of witnessing through the veil. Close quote. Bruce C. Hoffman who later became a member of the Seventy, pointed out that angelic ministrations can be either seen or unseen, saying, quote, Some of these personal visits were dramatic and powerful. Think of the angels who ministered to the Nephite children in the account of 3 Nephi 17, or the angel who chastised Alma and the sons of Mosiah in answer to, to a father's prayer. Other personal manifestations have been so quiet that those who received them were unaware of the angelic presence. The, ministering, the ministry of these unseen angels is among the most sublime forms of interaction between heaven and earth, powerfully expressing God's concern for us and bestowing tangible assurance and spiritual sustenance upon those in great need. So I, I, would, I would suggest that you think back on 
And that, that's one reason I think why, uh, you know, I think it was uh, President Henry B. Eyring who, who suggested writing in your journal and at the end of each day, writing down uh, how you saw the hand of God in your life, seeing those interactions, those angelic ministrations in your life. And he says, oftentimes at the very beginning, you don't see all that much. But as you begin to think and as, as you begin to train yourself to see God's hand in your life, you begin to see that they are there. God does take specific interest in your life. And he sends his angelic ministers to aid you in that, in that effort. All right. Um, we, that's the finish of chapter one, but I think we're doing pretty good on time. So why don't we go ahead and jump over to chapter two and do a two for one today. Um, Hebrews chapter two. All right. Therefore, we ought to, to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that have heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angel, for unto the angels hath he, hath he not put into subjection the world to come, where, whereof we speak? But one in, in a certain place testified, saying, What is a man that thou art mindful of? <music>